Well, hey, everybody. Hope you're doing well. And I uh, am so excited to be here, and I want to welcome all of our locations, and I want to welcome even online and TV. We're continuing in this, this series just kind of wrestling with the big questions of life and what are God's answers to them. I think unpacking this is so important, especially right now, um, as we kind of even alluded to already of just these questions, like, we're being, they're being asked. All of us have these questions of going, okay, God, what are you doing with this? How do we wrestle with that? And I think what's really important is the Bible talks about, and God gave us this, he goes, you need to understand the truth. And so look at this in Ephesians. Um, he said this, then we will no longer be immature like children. We won't be tossed and blown about by every wind of new teaching. I like how they put that. And we will not be influenced when people try to trick us with lies so clever they sound like the truth. Instead, we will speak the truth in love, growing in every way more and more like Christ, who is the head of his body, the church. The scripture sounds like somebody who's confident in what they believe. So my question would be, and this is why we've done this series, is like, could you say that? No, I know what I believe. I know the truth. But I think all of us have moments where we're going, okay, but... But that question I do, I need more answers to. And so that's why I hope that you'll just keep taking notes throughout this series, keep coming every week, because it's so valuable for us to be walking through this. Now, the other thing that's helping us is, I think we kind of created a roadmap that kind of helps us see the Bible, be able providing answers for us. So take a look at this. If you ever kind of want to like, hey, can someone sum up the Bible for me? Here you go, this is it, it's beautiful. It's a nice triangle, you got the breaks downs, all of that. Um, and so you start down here and you see how the Old Testament progresses and then you get to the Old Covenant that covers a huge part of the Old Testament. But then Jesus, the climax of the whole story, we see in the Gospels and then you see over on this side, you see almost a parallel to the Old Testament but now the New Covenant, the New Testament has started. And so if you want to see this, this helps you kind of break down as you're reading scripture, as you're kind of understanding why the Bible does this, does that, this is why. And so I will allude to this throughout the sermon, but I think it's important for us to understand how the Bible plays into this. And so here are the 10 questions. If you're brand new with us, we wrestled through the first two uh, last week, and so I'm going to nail the next two, and that is, can I really trust God? Why can I make my own rules? Can I really trust God? And why can't I make my own rules? Uh, Pastor David did a great job starting off, and I think these questions lead into the next part, especially if you're just looking at God wanting a relationship with us, you see these questions kind of leading towards that and what he does in our relationship. So that first one, can I really trust God? I want you to think about the moments. Uh, if you're a parent, you've probably experienced this, but even if you're not a parent, you've seen it, to where us as a society, we have kids, and as parents, what we do is we try to build trust with those little ones. Uh, and some of it obviously comes from feeding them, some of them uh, just taking care of them, uh, even dads maybe tossing them up a little bit and catching them. Like, those moments are important. Now, I want to show you my four kids as babies. Look at this. Now, here's the interesting thing Tina and I have learned. We make a prototype. Tina's my wife. Uh, we make the same looking kind of child. <laughs> Boy or girl, it just, they all look the same. And uh, best part is, if you could tell me which one is which, that'd be great, because in this picture, I get lost. I don't know, you know, I have Emma, Corbin, Avery, and Nora. Um, 
but they all look the same. Uh, but as we have parented them and had these moments to where uh, I remember throwing them up and catching them, each kid, um, as we've, by the third and fourth one, it felt like you could just throw them as high as they want because they were like, I don't care, this is awesome. Because um, the first two were a little bit more scared, and it was awesome when you would throw them up and they would hit a certain height where their face would go, uh, no, uh, no, 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 this is a bad idea. Um, but learning to build that trust with them was fun and watching that happen. And so I believe God does the same thing with us in regards to humanity. He creates moments where it feels like he's tossing us up in the air and we're going, oh, this is great. And then there's moments where, oh, God, this is not great. And so I want you to picture that as we kind of just came out of Adam and Eve, God has created them, and then sin happens. And then it becomes, what is God gonna do next? What is he gonna do with humanity? Is he just gonna leave them there? Just go, good luck, hopefully you make it? No. He interacts with a certain guy named Abram. Later on you find out his name becomes Abraham. And he starts building this with humanity. He's going, I wanna make a promise to you. I wanna make a covenant with you to where I want to build this relationship to where you learn to trust me. You learn to see that I'm good and that you can rely on me. And so it becomes a pretty crazy promise, a crazy covenant. So here's how it plays out in Genesis 12. The Lord had said to Abram, leave your native country, your relatives, and your father's family, and go to the land that I will show you. Stop right there. If God asks you to do that tomorrow, let's just call that one of those moments. He's tossing you up in the air, and Abram's like, uh, okay. Leaving everything that's comfortable? Sure, I'll do that. But the next part, and I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and make you famous, and you will be a blessing to others. I will bless those who bless you and curse those who treat you with contempt. All the families on earth will be blessed through you. So God makes this covenant with Abram and says, hey, I wanna lead you. I wanna take you on this journey. Kind of that tossing up moment, and Abram's like, okay, but the second part of that sounds awesome, like I'm gonna build a nation through you. And I think one of our first questions is like, okay, God, where are you gonna take me? Like, what, what's, is there land? All those kind of things. Uh, and so, normal questions. And so Abram goes, okay, God, can you explain? And God goes even deeper in chapter 15. He takes Abram out and goes, hey, then the Lord took Abram outside and said to him, look up to the sky and count the stars if you can. That's how many descendants you have. Now that would be a pretty cool picture. Look at all that and he's like, that's how many. And then the question about the land, he answers this in 15. Uh, he goes, so the Lord made a covenant with Abraham that day and said, I've given you this land to your descendants all the way from the border of Egypt to the great Euphrates River. The land now occupied by the, and you can read all those cool names because I'm not gonna try to say them because I will butcher them, okay? I know I'm a pastor, but there's just some things you just go, that's cool, I'm not gonna try to say that. Um, and so you, go, you get the point. He's going, hey, I wanna give you this land, I wanna give you these, these incredible moments. Now, right here, what is happening is let's go back to the Bible like map that I showed you. This is the Old Covenant. What you just heard was the Old Covenant. If you ever wondered, why is it called the Old Testament? Because that moment right there, God's going, I'm establishing a covenant with humanity. And if you wanna understand like, okay, covenant, like help me understand this. Uh, it is kind of what we would think of as a treaty, a will, like there is this agreement 
to where God will do this and humanity and even in this specific, Abram will do this. That's what the covenant entails. And it goes into greater detail. I'd encourage you to go read it in chapter 15. Just like, think about a marriage, we have like a wedding. That's a covenant that God established. And we have this elaborate thing. So Abram has this moment within a covenant where God goes, so to make this covenant feel real, here's what I want you to do. I want you to cut some animals in half and place them on the side. And so there's all that mess. And then there's this moment to where I think Abram's having a dream, but he's also kind of, kind of in and out of it, but he's like seeing this steaming pot of hot coal walking through this covenant. And out of all this, God's going, this is how you know this is real. This covenant with you is not a joke, not just something I've said. I will see this covenant to the end. And so we all kind of know the end of the story, but here is the ultimate covenant God was making. He goes, I want to make you a great nation. Abraham was getting the promise of the Israelite nation to come. There'll be a great land. If you think about it even later, 400 years later, Moses comes and they finally enter the promised land. And then, and, and you see not just with Abram, but with Moses and, and then you got David, that Jesus, the Messiah, there would be a great Messiah. See, we see this and go, oh, that's cool. God's been trustworthy. You can look through the whole Bible and go, he has been coming through, fulfilling a covenant that he established a long time ago, that you will be a great nation, you will have great land, and there will be a great Messiah. And that all sounds good, and all of us can see the end of the story. But let's make this a little personal, because I want us to go back to Abram and recognize we know it, but at that time, Abram didn't. He didn't know how it was going to play out. And there became a problem. The promise sounded good. The covenant sounded awesome. But Abram and his wife Sarah could not have a child. And they kept getting older and older and older. And so as God is speaking these promises and going, hey, Abram, I want you to do this and you will do this. He's like, I love this, God, but there's one problem. Like the whole descendant thing only works if I have a kid. So when are you going to fix that? And can we all be honest? Have you ever sat in that before? I think all of us have. Where we're going, life, God, this makes sense. Let's go this way. But then it doesn't go the way you want it to. Look at this. Abram <laughs> says this to God right before those verses I shared with you in verse five, he goes, but Abraham replied, oh, sovereign Lord, what good are all your blessings when I don't even have a son? You ever felt that way? It's like, God, I want to trust you, but over here, it doesn't seem like the plan's working out. I mean, I've seen people have to walk through this. It's not the plan maybe they signed up for. And, and one of the tough parts is, will you still believe God even when life doesn't go the way you want it to? Will you trust God even when you can't see a way? Uh, think of it this way. There's moments where uh, we have dreams in life and dreams that we're going, oh yeah, God, this makes sense. And it lines up and, it, and you felt this promise from the Lord. Yes, like God, like someday I'll be able to make some money or someday I will be able to have a family or someday I will get married. Like all those things sound good and stuff that God wants to give you. Dreams that you have. And they seem to line up, but then 
life doesn't seem to go the way we want to. And that dream is not what you thought it would be anymore. Abraham's experiencing that right now. In this moment in his life, he's going, God, I thought by this point I would have a kid. I really don't want to be this old. This is not, not the plan. This is not the way I want it to go. And many of us have sat in there, and then the question becomes, is are you still going to trust God? A powerful part of it I've seen, like people having to navigate that in the midst of grief of losing a loved one. In the midst of finances not, not working out, the career not working out, marriage not working out. And the question still becomes, can I trust God? And what I love is Abram says that and listen to God's response. Because Abram starts throwing out other ideas. He's like, okay, I guess, is, is it gonna be my servant who carries this? Is it gonna be like some person that I, I've, I'm good friends with, but not actually a descendant? And so God, in verse four, says this, then the Lord said to him, no, your servant will not be your heir, for you will have a son of your own who will be your heir. Then the Lord took Abram outside and said to him, remember this verse? This was more of a reminder. This was more of, look at the sky. Trust me. All the stars that you see, that's how many descendants you will have. And then here's the part that caught me. Look at verse six. And Abraham believed the Lord. And the Lord counted him as righteous because of his faith challenging question I want you to wrestle with. In the moments that the plan that you had, the dreams that you had, where you thought God was leading you, when those moments did not go the way you wanted them, did you still make a statement like this, God, I still believe you are the Lord. I still believe you are good. Because I think it's easy to trust God when things are good. We all can do that but are you willing to trust him even when the plans don't go to plan? And so to answer that question, can I really trust God? I think here's the ultimate answer. God is forever good. Trust his word. The rest of the story plays out. Abraham and Sarah eventually have a kid, but they have him when they're in their 90s. Not ideal, okay? All of us in here going, no. Uh, But in that moment, God answered something. And hear me, God usually, sometimes the reason plans don't go the way we want them to, because those are the moments, if we still trust God, our trust becomes that much stronger. We hold on to him and going, God, I need you. I don't know how else this works without you. And I think sometimes God is trying to lead us to that moment a dependency on him like we've never experienced before and a dependency on him that we're not even comfortable with. But he's going, but when that relationship becomes that real, that's when you learn who I truly am. That's when you know how good of a parent, a father I can be to you. Because he goes, "Ah, you are my children and I want you to see who your true father is. Will you trust me? even through some of those dark moments. I mean, Psalm 70, even though I walk through the darkest valley, God even said, he's like, you're gonna have some of these moments. Life is not going to be easy, but will you trust me? 
Now that second question, why can't I make my own rules? Now I think this kind of plays into it because it's like, okay, I'm working through trust and I go back to my family. Like now here's a current picture of them. They're cute. And so it took a lot to get that picture to happen. There was some bribery. Um, there was some, we, we look good in that picture, but there may have been some crying before. Um, but in this phase of life now, yes, I worked on, and, and, and Tina and I both, we worked on, hey, building trust with our kids so that this phase, where now it's a little bit more of a conversation about rules, that first part was built. Because now we're, we're, we're talking about some things that are bigger. Rules of like, no, hey, we don't say that. We don't watch that. We don't do that. I mean, even rules that I never thought I would have to come up with. Our youngest, Nora, she likes to wear a lion costume. She thinks it's Halloween every day. I have to come up with a rule like, no, the, <laughs> funny, the lion has to sleep. How creative we've gotten. Um, and it needs to get washed. Um, but she would love to wear the lion costume all the day. Just rules that you think as a parent, I didn't think I'd have to come up with that. But just conversations over and over of, here's these rules, here's these rules. But it's out of, hey, I, trust me. If you obey these, your life will get better. I'm not saying I have all of them, but as your dad, I've lived some years, more than you. I've seen some life. Here's why I'm putting these rules in place. Isn't it beautiful how God takes that and goes, that's the same thing he does with us. He gives us an opportunity as parents to see this. And he goes, okay, now I've made you into a nation. And like I said, 400 years later, they enter the promised land and God goes, all right, now I wanna establish some rules. We know it as the moment where God created the 10 commandments trying to take them into that next step of like, hey, if you're gonna be good, here's some hygiene rules, here's some civil rules, here's some morality rules, because you're gonna need all of these. Just like I'm learning with my kids, it's like, hey, you need these rules in place so that you can thrive. And so look at this in Exodus, and it explains it. Uh, Moses climbed the mountain to appear before God. The Lord called him from the mountain and said, give these instructions to the family of Jacob. Announce it to the descendants of Israel. You have seen what I did to the Egyptians. You know how I carried you on eagles' wings and brought you to myself. Now, if you will obey me and keep my covenant, you will be my own special treasure from among all the people on earth. For all the earth belongs to me, and you will be my kingdom of priests, my holy nation. This is the message you must give to the people of Israel. And then God goes on to explain, here's some rules that I want you to follow. Now, I understand in a conversation like this, uh, even as I was putting this together, when, maybe it's American culture, I don't know, but when we start talking about rules, some of us go, ugh, all right, here we go. Still as an adult, like there's just this cringe to like rules. Uh, Cause it's like, we want to have this freedom, we want to have this independence, and I get it, I have all those feelings too. But the truth is, humanity will always be ruled. Let that sink in a little bit, and you may go, well, no, 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 I, I can rule myself. Actually, you can't, because you can't control the sun. You can't control how the earth moves. And if it were to get off at any moment, we're not gonna make it. You actually, even like getting up, you may go, I oh, know I control that, but did you? The ability for your body to function, you can't control that. 
So the reality is we're always being ruled by things. We just don't like it. And so the question becomes, who do we want to rule us? If that's true about humanity, then who do we want to be ruling us? And it comes down to the rules you follow tells me who you trust. And so I put it this way, God will be our ruler. I need to follow his rules. And I think in this conversation, what's important to recognize is there are two major kingdoms that are trying to rule you. First one, it would be like what God's established. It's the covenant that he's made, and it eventually becomes Jesus' church. He said, I want a great nation, great land, and great Messiah. At the end of all that, you see the New Testament, it becomes the church, and so he goes, and I made some rules. There's rules for creation, there's rules for family, there's rules for marriage, there's rules for life, there's rules for gender, sex, money. He has all these rules so that we can live life. Now, on the other side of it, you have the other culture. I called it Satan's culture because all his goal is, he goes, I just don't want you to follow those rules. I don't care what rules you follow, just as long as they're not those. And so you can make up rules for creation, family, marriage, life, gender, sex, and money. And so you see the tension even today of what rules will govern us, what rules will rule us. Now, you're wondering like, hey, what's up with the arrow and the love piece of it? Because this is how God wanted us to function within the world, to where if we're over here, we're supposed to love this group over here. What's happening too often is there's judgment being pushed here. There's agendas being pushed here. There's this force of being like, no, if they just knew all that stuff, then it'd be better. Truth is, they're not gonna understand because they don't have a relationship with God. They don't understand the rules. It'd be like a new kid just coming into our family like that and then going, okay, hopefully you get the rules. No, it starts with love. They have to experience love and know that they can be, hey, you care about me, and that trust is built. Go back to that baby face. Every one of us has to go through that before we ever trust anyone, especially God. So as people who are Christians and believe in the church, we've got to recognize to those who are lost, showing love is the most critical piece, not judgment. Not telling them where they're wrong. That conversation may come, but love is first. But here's the other part that begins to happen. This crew over here tries to invade this. Tries to change the rules. Tries to go, hey, hey, do you think God really wants that strong of a rule on that area? Can't we just make it easier for everybody? And that's where we gotta make sure we're sharing the truth in love. Because these rules over here are not gonna change. God has established these. God has made it very clear. This is my kingdom. These are my rules. Please obey them. But as individuals who are in this, if we choose to believe this, we gotta go, I gotta tr love this other group. But also when they try to tell us, hey, you're doing it wrong, no, 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 this is God's rules, sharing the truth in love. So the question, why can't I have my own rules? Is because God is forever good. And remember, we don't get to rule anything. 
the only reason we have authority is because God gave it to us. Remember, God said, I've given you this authority to Adam and Eve. Jesus said, I've given you this authority to go make disciples. The only authority we were ever granted is from God. And so he is forever good because he believes in us. Just like as parents, someday we want to give our kids authority and freedom. God does the same thing. But he's recognizing, but the authority is still all mine. He's good. Will we follow his rules? And then the evidence of trust is obedience. Like I said, the rules that you follow tells me who you trust. Go back to that Exodus passage. Let this sink in maybe a little bit more. Now if you obey me and keep my covenant, you will be my own special treasure from among all the people on earth. For all the earth belongs to me and you will be my kingdom of priests, my holy nation. This is the message you must give to the people of Israel. Look at this, he goes, I want you to be my kingdom of priests, my holy nation. I want you to live this way. That's what the church is meant to be. That's who we are called to be. But we gotta trust him. And we gotta obey him for us to experience what that truly looks like. Because I think that's the best. And I wanna sit in this conversation a little bit because have you ever experienced something that's the best? Maybe it's a certain pizza, certain chicken sandwich, okay? Like a Chick-fil-A one, that's starting to okay, I understand, someone may have different opinions, but they're just really good. Um, but for me, there's a certain thing that I've always associated with this is the best. Because I would say I'm a connoisseur of cookies. Um, I love chocolate chip cookies. Even growing up, I got labeled cookie monster. That's a problem. Um, but there is a friendly friend whose name is Judy Corp. And I'll never forget having her chocolate chip cookies. And she sent me a picture. But, and I'm talking like there's chunks of chocolate in here. All the ingredients she has together, I mean, when they come out of the oven, they are so good, even when they're cold. I don't care, they're so good. But if you go, hey, here's Walmart brand and Judy Corb's cookies, I go, are, are you serious right now? This is the best. And I understand that may be subjective. You may love Walmart chocolate chip cookies. Okay. Um, But in this conversation, we, we do sense that, right? There's a feeling that comes when we go, that's the best. But in the conversation we're having right now, doesn't this hold a lot more weight than just cookies? We're talking about heaven and hell. We're talking about life. We're talking about how to navigate life. And God's going, here is the best. And then there's this other. Which one are you going to live with? I hope you'll choose the best. I know it's scary, I know it won't make sense, but trusting someone who cares about you and created you, someone who even when life doesn't seem to make sense is right there beside you, carrying you, helping you, and building a kingdom that goes, these rules actually help you thrive. I think all of us desire a parent like that. Someone who cares about us like that. Wants a relationship with us like that. And that is who God is. He's good. 
We can trust his words. He's good, and we can follow his rules. But the question is, is do you believe that? So I wanted to land here. Are you lacking trust or obedience? Because you may trust in God, but then you gotta look at your life and go, but is the evidence there? Am I being obedient to what he's called me to be? And the rules that he has established. Some of you may go, I don't know the rules. Okay, well let's start there. Get to know them. But then there's also other issues you're like, well, part of the reason I don't wanna be obedient is because I don't trust God with this area. Whatever that area may be. And so either one, we could be lacking. And my hope is you'll take this challenge and go, all right, God, do I have a relationship with you where I really do trust you, even when it gets tough? And there's evidence of that to where I'm being obedient and following the rules you've given me. So I understand this is a challenging sermon in some senses because you're going, well, I just, it's hard. It is. I look at my kids, growing up in this world is hard. But I hope that they know they have a dad who cares about them and believes in them and they can trust in me. And that the rules, I'm trying to help, help them have that life. And so I would say maybe even some action steps out of this. It's some encouragement to take. You're going, I'm there. I need some help in these areas. Well, one, we've got groups going on. I encourage you, go after the groups. There's even a group that's about a biblical worldview, and there's another group that's a discipleship. Those two groups I'd go sign up for. They're taking as many people as they can have to where you can start getting the knowledge and the heart and going, okay, God, help me trust you. Help me be obedient to you. But I also would say this, because there's also some times where you just need one-on-one time. And we have people like myself who I would love to meet with you. And Chris here at West and even Josh downtown, we'd love to make time to where these one-on-one conversations, having a spiritual conversation with the questions you may have. Yeah, the goal to me is like, yes, we want you to have answers to these questions, but I also understand you may have particular questions that you're wrestling through. And I don't want you to feel like you have to navigate those alone. Having some people in your life, especially being able to go one-on-one, be great. If I got 200 people tomorrow going, hey, I would like to meet with you, I'd go, when? Let's go. And we'd figure it out. Because I want you to know that there is a seat at this table. For us as pastors going, we want to navigate these conversations because if we can help you trust and be obedient and see God for who he truly is, that's the win. I think that changes life. And I want you to have that. So wherever you may be lacking, let's go after it this week. Let's pray. God, we thank you so much for who you are. God, I pray that we would go after the best. And God, I thank you for that example, even from chocolate chip cookies. But God, may we not settle for a kingdom that when we get done with life, we look at and go, that was fake. God, I don't want that for anyone. I want them to experience a kingdom that truly, truly believes they can live life to the fullest. That truly believes that they are loved and cared for. They are a masterpiece. And all those come from your word, Lord. That's how you describe us. So may we recognize that your kingdom 
is worth following, and you are a God worth trusting. And so, God help us in this. Wherever the areas may be where we're, it's a stumbling block or a hurdle, God, may we face it with courage, but also being reminded of humility that, God, you will always rule us. And may we simply sit at your feet, allowing you to be our Father, our King, our Messiah. We love you, Lord. We pray this in your name. Amen.